Thursday edition of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. And today we're in Romans 9 through 11. And what's interesting about this is Paul is defending why Christ came for the chosen people of Jerusalem, Israel. And, you know, it's interesting that the religious leaders who are supposed to know the Bible, right? The Torah, the book of Moses, are supposed to know, or you would think would know, the prophecies that talk about the coming Messiah. But the Israel people, the Jews, are the very ones that put the Messiah on the cross and have him crucified. But as we know, This was all according to God's plan because Jesus would rise again on the third day, conquer sin, and that is what gives us salvation and gives us forgiveness of sins and a way to spend eternal life with Christ in heaven. So it was all part of the plan, but he came for God's chosen people. Remember, God had Abraham as his chosen people that he promised Canaan to. Then they had to go to Egypt for a while. Then they did the exodus with Moses and Joshua back to Canaan to the promised land. And he gives them this land. All this is by God. But the whole thing is they fall into sin, right? And they don't have any parameters. So they get the law, the Ten Commandments, and all the other uh, guidelines to go by. And they can't follow them. So they got these rituals they have to go by religiously so then they fall into religion for sacrifices the sin sacrifice the thanksgiving sacrifice the love sacrifice that is supposed to cleanse them and then they re- if you recall they have the scapegoat that they put all the sins of the people on and they send it into the wilderness once a year And all of that stuff is ritualistic and religious, but it isn't really a cleansing of the heart. So God sees this and how it doesn't work, and these are his people. These are the people that he gives his heart to, that he wants relationship with. So he sends his only son, right? He comes to earth. He leaves the splendor of heaven. He comes to earth in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. So remember, just 
as Adam came from God, Jesus Christ comes from God. And as Adam was disobedient to God and created sin in the world, Jesus is totally obedient to God and brings freedom to us from all sin in the world and eternal life if we just believe in him. But the Jewish people who it was all set up for to try and counter all the negativity and sin that's been in their life all this time, they aren't accepting of this even though it's been in the prophecies for hundreds of years. And so Paul is trying to get them to see, look, you can't get into heaven just because you're a child of Abraham. Father Abraham isn't going to get you there. Remember, Father Abraham had other kids too, and it was Isaac's. Remember, Isaac was the one that God said, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Why just Isaac? Because Isaac is the miraculous conception. Isaac is the son that God gave Abraham. Isaac is the one that God intervened for Abraham and Sarah miraculously with because they were nearly 100 years old when it happened, and you just put that together. Only God could make that happen. And so when we read about it, he is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. These are the people that they're going to be the descendants of, and that's what he's trying to tell them. And so if they choose not to follow God, then they are the ones rejecting God because only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. <laughs> and the promise was Isaac, not Ishmael. That was Abraham taking it into his own hands because he was impatient. Oh, I got God told me I'd have a son, so let me go make one. No, that's not following God's will. And so many times we get in a hurry and we can't wait for the Lord to do his thing. And, you know, and I think I see that sometimes in, in church settings often where things, people get where they think, they aren't seeing what they want to see, so they take it in their own hands. And really it starts what is happening with the Jewish people, a lot of discord, a lot of division, a lot of uprising, a lot of dissension, a lot of uh, discontent. When God just wants us to wait on the promise so he can bless us because God chooses people according to his own purpose, and he will show mercy to anyone he chooses and compassion to anyone he chooses. And then Abraham goes into this, this uh, or Paul goes into this thing where he reveals where the scriptures say, God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you. And to, and to spread my fame throughout the earth. And so that looks like on the surface, uh, 
oh, he's going to use me for something. But really, if we look at the Pharaoh in Egypt, God wasn't really showing Pharaoh mercy. He was using Pharaoh in his hard heart to show his power and to show how he would overcome those who push God away. So God, again, Paul writes in Romans 9, verse 18, chooses who he wants to show mercy to, and he chooses whose hardened hearts he's going to refuse to listen to, and who those who refuse to listen to him and their hardened hearts will be used for his glory. And so with Pharaoh, God knew that his heart was going to get hardened. And, you know, in, in our place, it, we have to look at it. Where are we? Is our heart getting hardened? Because God will use that for his glory. If we're going to sit and say, I'm, I'm wanting it my way, I'm wanting it my way, God will eventually use that for his glory. You know, and, and I shared with my church Sunday how the Lord, you know, my vision of ministry was always I want to preach in in a big church with a lot of people. And the Lord humbled me on that real quick because he put me in a New Start church where it ended up being my family in one. It grew to 100 people, but then he showed me it's not about how many people, it's about serving me and bringing people into a right relationship with me, you know? So now I'm at a church again where we've suffered some calamity in the loss of our founding pastors, and there's a remnant, and we're waiting on the Lord, at least trying to. That's what I'm trying to, to reflect and there's a remnant of us. And while I'm not overly concerned with numbers, I am concerned with how do we grow in relationship with the Lord? Because we could be a hundred strong in attendance, but if we're not strong in our relationship with God, then we're missing the boat. And I love how our church has an invitation of the Spirit each week, you know, and we, we can sense the moving of the Spirit each week. And we just got to trust that the Lord, you know, the Lord showed us, it showed me that he's going to turn our graves into gardens. And that song comes up every day when I'm working, whether it's in my home office or at our harbor or over at the building, that it's there. And so I just, you know, I encourage our church listeners today, be aware God is there. Did you catch that? Be aware God is there and he is with you because he is doing things that we don't even see. So Paul, Paul even says, you know, think of it like this, if a potter, is making jars out of clay, he has the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another one to throw garbage into. 
So, you know, we have different purposes in life. And whether it's a person that's going to lead or a person that's going to clean, you know. And he can make that one thing that's decorative, like a, a jar, decorative jar. He can make it super, super pretty. But he can make that other one that you throw garbage into decorative as well. The real thing is if we want to, we can know that the Lord can and does want a relationship with us. But what he's trying to tell us is because the Jewish people, the people that should know, turn against hearing and listening, then there's going to be others out there that are hungry and they want to hear. And so Paul quotes uh, Hosea and so says, those who were not my people I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And so here's the thing. What happens is the church has a tendency to get stagnant. It sits, it says, what do you got for me? What have you done for me lately? And we don't reach out. So then we go out and we witness to through street reach or whatever and go to people who are hungry and know there's a missing element in their life and they come in and they're hungry. And this is really what's happening with the Jews. And they get saved and they get on fire for Jesus and they want to do more. They want to serve Jesus. They want to witness. They want to they want to give testimony. They want to be involved. They want they have a hunger and thirst for righteousness sake and for the kingdom of heaven is close. They see that. They love that. They know that's the missing element and they know that they can do nothing without the Lord. So they have that hunger. Well, the ones that have rejected that truth or haven't been living in it or have become stagnant in it or haven't been seeking it with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, they tend to get angry about it. And that's where the Jews are because Paul's reaching out to the Gentiles because they didn't want to hear about it. And so the Jews are getting angry because they're bringing in the Gentiles, but yet Paul makes it clear to them, no, they are saved by grace through faith just like we were and filled with the Holy Spirit just like we were. So everything God has done, he has done for them just like he has done for us. The only difference is they're accepting. And now they want to be on fire and do things for Jesus like we should be doing. And instead of going through the religious rituals that we think are going to get us, like going to church on Sunday and being there for an hour a week and saying, okay, I'm good, they really want to serve the Lord. And they say, how, how can we do this? And they don't need somebody to lead them by the hand and say, okay, I'll do it if you do it. They just want to serve the Lord. I just want to serve the Lord. I just want to serve the Lord. 
And so they do it. And then they come back and they say, man, I got a chance to witness. And, you know, so that's some of the stuff that we try to teach. And sometimes it's sometimes people take it and sometimes people say, you know, and I saw this in a couple places over the last couple years. That's not for us. But it is because God chose us and he calls us. Paul said that already in what we've seen already. So Paul defends that in the next chapter by saying salvation is for everyone. He's not just saying, you know, yes, God came and started with the Jewish people, but he's like the Gentiles, anybody can be saved. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's huge. So we got we it's not just if you wear the right clothes, if you come to church on Sunday at the right time, if you if you say the right thing. The big thing is you got to believe in your heart, call on the name of the Lord, repent of your sins, and turn from your ways. For it's believing in your heart that you have been made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Woo-wee, that's exciting to me. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. That means Methodist, Baptist, Nazarene, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Charismatic, we're all the same. We got to get rid of the titles, non-denominational. We got to get rid of the titles. We got to get rid of the labels. We just got to know that we are one, which is what Jesus prayed in John 17, that they are one like you and I are one, which he prayed to the Father. But here's what Paul says. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Whoa. You know, our street reach people, they have shirts that say, send me. And and uh, Dustin sings a song. And I don't know if he wrote it, but he sings it good about send me. It's so good. Makes me swell up with sweaty eyes every time that's what the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news so faith comes from hearing that it's hearing the good news about christ so we gotta we gotta tell them but here's the thing if you're if you accept jesus you got to keep hearing and how will you hear if you're never in the word? How will you hear if you're never praying? How will you hear if you never spend time with the Lord? How will you hear if you are a longtime Christian and you don't spend time with the Lord each day? And then you wonder why your day is term turmoil, chaotic. 
and you wonder why your anger's starting to dwell up. You wonder why things are going bad. You wonder why you're starting to have bad feelings towards other people. You wonder why you're starting to feel divided instead of united. That stuff dwells up because we don't spend enough time in hearing from the Lord. Hearing from the Lord in the living word. Hearing from the Lord in prayer time. If we don't give God time in his relationship with us, how do we expect our relationship with him to prosper? It's like any relationship. How do we expect it to get better and grow if we don't invest in it? And just like our relationship with Christ, how do we expect it to get better if we aren't willing to hear in it. So Paul is saying, look, when you accept Christ, it's not a matter of saying I do and then it's over. It's a matter of spending time with him and going about and doing the work that he has for you. And so he closes it out with that and saying we got to be the people that are willing to spend time. We got to be part of the the tree because if we aren't willing to invest in it and be witnesses and go out and be a part of the branches that are grafted into the tree of holiness, <laughs> of the tree of life, then he's going to break those branches off. And when you're grafted into the tree, you can't brag about it because you got to remember you're in there because he already broke off the branches that don't produce. That's big. Because if we're not going to produce, he's going to replace us with branches that do. So that 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 is huge to me because that means that if I've got all these feelings inside me that are not of Christ. And remember, we just covered that in, in yesterday, I think it was, uh, reading where the, uh, when we're being led by our sinful nature, these things come up. If we're, if we're being led by the Holy Spirit, man, if, if those things are coming up, and they're continual, we're not repenting of them because we're not spending enough time growing our relationship, hearing from the Lord. That's scary stuff. Because, you you know, I got a tree out there right now where, well, now most of the trees have no leaves. But there was one out there that in the summer, the, the leaves had fallen off. And so you could literally reach up and grab the branch and break it off. Because there was nothing to it. It had no longer been taken from the tree for nourishment. And that's what Paul is saying. If we're not going to take from the tree the nourishment that Christ has for us, then he's just going to break that branch off so we can get a new one coming in. And when you're that new one that comes in, don't boast of yourself that, hey, I'm on the tree and you're not. Remember, God give you that that compassion to be there, 
Don't trust in yourself, he says. Always trust in the one that put you there. Because if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they'll get grafted in again. That's our hope. <laughs> That's our hope. That if we just turn back to God, we can be turned, we can be grafted back into the tree. Because God has the power to graft us back in. Woo, that's good stuff. So how's our heart today? Because really, Paul is writing about, how's your heart today? Because if our heart is hard, God has the power to put us back in the tree if we come back to Christ and all Israel can be saved. That means that Israel will get their stuff together, but that means that all of us who have turned from God or have let complacency get into our life, if we just take from the tree again, God will graft us back in. And complacency is a big thing. Because everything comes from him and exists by the Lord's power and is intended for his glory. So how's our hearts today? Is it time to realize, hey, I need to drink from the tree. Lord, graft me back in because I need you. I know for me I can't do it without him. And I know when I don't get enough of him, Satan likes to battle. And that's when I hear and spend more time in his presence and rebuke the enemy because there's no place for him. Get grafted because the Lord loves you and he chooses you. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you. God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my